Hello and welcome to the Data for Subscriptions podcast, where we focus on how to succeed with subscriptions and as a service businesses. I'm your host, Birad Bonian, and I have the pleasure of welcoming Demed, our head of product and CTO at Digital Route, back to the show. Welcome, Demed. Hi, Birad. Happy to be back. Thank you for having me again. So today we're going to focus on streaming service providers and by managing data, how we can provide better customer experience as well as making ourselves more competitive as streaming service providers. Before we get to those specific topics, why don't we start talking about the market as we see it today? And in particular, what trends are you observing? Yes. So the first thing is the audio streaming market is now a very mature one. And there are clear signs of that, right? The the first one would be the amount of many comp- companying uh, offerings that you have to choose from as a consumer. It's no longer just Spotify or Apple. You do have also Google, Amazon, Cobas, uh, Tidal, and, and many other niche providers. Um, alongside with this number of uh, providers that you have, there are also many more ways to procure these services. Right, you can get them bundled with your phone service, for instance, mm-hmm. with your internet subscriptions. So this means there are many more options for customers for what services to, to take, but also how to procure that service. Right, that's one, and you can see also some other more uh, interesting uh, concerns. For instance, ethics now is also part of uh, of the consumer choice. Right, uh, I think there is a growing empathy towards uh, content producers, musicians and the, the share of revenue that they get. Uh, so that's an interesting sign that the market is reaching another level of maturity. Um, so that's from the consumer side. If you look at the, maybe on the provider side, what is happening today is the wealth of content that they have to deal with, right? Um, I think it was last year, both Amazon Music and uh, Apple Music announced that they had a, a catalog that was somewhere in the vicinity of 100 million tracks each. I mean, just uh, pause for a second on 100 million tracks, compare that to the collection of vinyls you had on in your mm-hmm. collection before. Um, but what's maybe more, even more important is that each and every day, they're getting 100,000 new tracks. 100,000 new tracks. I mean, if you just put some math around this, think about three minutes per song. If you want to put all these songs, one after another, you could listen to these new songs uploaded in one day. You could spend almost a year, I mean, two-thirds of a year listening to these songs uploading on one day. That's a pretty crazy amount of data and content that they get every single day. So question is, how do you curate this? How do you match users to this content? Yeah. How do you uh, make sure that you have the best experience on your platform? Customer experience is going to be a really, going to be the next frontier, but also going to be really difficult. Right, exactly. Let's dig a little bit more into the competitors and I'd like to start with Spotify. What can you see um, in terms of their performance when it comes to their subscriber base? Yeah, Spotify, a company just a few blocks away from here, from yeah. uh, in Stockholm as well. Um, so Spotify is, of course, the clear leader. Um, I think it was in Q3 2022, they added, they, 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 disclaimed, they, they disclosed the ad, I did a, Another 7 million premium subscribers, and that was bringing their total subscribers to close to 200 million. I think it was 195 million. Um, so, and the second closest competitor to, to them is Apple Music with uh, around 70, 72 million sub- paid subscribers. 
So that's not even half of uh, Spotify. Uh, but the competition is coming fast. Um, so Spotify first, Apple Music, Amazon Music right behind Apple Music, uh, about 68 million paid subscribers. And YouTube Music and YouTube Premium, I think, have about uh, 80 million paid subscribers. But then it's a combination of video and, and audio together. Regarding YouTube um, Music and Premium, can you talk us through that? Is that um, uh, obviously two different uh, offerings that they have? Yeah, so YouTube ad-free premium service also includes uh, YouTube Music. And the pet subscription seems to be growing fast. Uh, YouTube has the power of Google behind them, of course. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what that tells us is that these, this kind of bundle packages are becoming more and more popular. The other clear example is Amazon, right? right. So Amazon Music is now part of Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime started as this um, service that would basically give you a free expedited serve, uh, shipping for the goods that you, you buy on, on Amazon. So now you've got Amazon Music as part of that and customers seem to like this and it's growing pretty fast. Um, and then for an extra price, you can upgrade this to Amazon Prime Unlimited with higher quality uh, of streaming and better playlists. Yeah. Let's talk about pricing. So we are seeing um, price adjustments and increasing prices. We've actually seen that in a, for another part of the streaming service providers, in this case, the video streaming service providers with the Netflix and the Disney's, which we've talked about in other uh, episodes. And, but in this, the audio streaming service providers, is there a risk now that we see increased prices, especially in today's economic conditions with high inflations and we're seeing consumers are retracting their spending? Yeah, I think it's clear we, we discussed uh, in the past, we discussed about subscription fatigue. So mm. on one hand, you've got subscription fatigue. On the other hand, you've got increasing costs, right? And you've seen the music streaming services increasing their, their prices. So, um, you know, and they, they talk about inflation, licensing fees, uh, the cost of infrastructure and delivering uh, this high quality content. But uh, you can see this being reflected in the prices. So Apple Music uh, raised the, the prices of their individual subscription in the US from $9.99 to $10.99. Spotify was considering it, or maybe they've already done it as well. But so on one hand, they would need to increase the prices. On the other hand, customers are suffer a bit from subscription fatigue. So it's an interesting uh, thing to balance. Mm. Um, and I think another in interesting characteristic of music services is that in video, you know, it's always uh, always hard to, to to stop with one content provider because they each have their different content. They have their own identity. You know, you stay with uh, Disney Plus for Star Wars, and you, you go to Apple TV for Ted Lasso. And but when it comes to streaming services for audio, they pretty much have a more or less the same catalog, right? I mean, with yeah. a few exceptions. But so that's um, that's another thing that they will need to to think about, which is they don't have as much content differentiation. There's a cost pressure and the subscription fatigue. How do you, how do you still differentiate yourself and how do you still keep re retain your customers moving forward? Yeah, and I think this is a good segue to the customer experience topic that we started off with uh, for today's discussion. But I think um, one of, I, from my 
point of view, one of the biggest challenges with these guys is that the way that we've all loved the offering from these players, and let's just stick with uh, with the Spotify as an example only, is that we've had flat fee subscriptions, uh, a huge catalog of music and growing by the day. We've uh, been able to consume as much as we want to. Now we're at a place where you said just now that, okay, they need to adjust for higher prices or higher costs, which means that they're increasing prices. There's an obvious risk, and I can just speak to it from my own personal consumption pattern, of the price of value friction. Mm. And again, to remain personal about it, as well as we can look at statistics, we've already seen that on the video streaming service side. Because obviously, no matter what reasons behind, the price value equation has been quite good. We've loved the fact that we can consume. How do you as an audio streaming source but balance this up? Because your costs are supposedly going up. You mentioned an important fact that from an ethics perspective, a, a, a at least a bigger sensitivity uh, amongst also consumers that the artists are getting the right share of the revenue. That also means less for the audio streaming source, but its costs are going up. They're increasing prices, competition. How do you attack this? Yeah, I think if you cannot differentiate so much on content, prices are aligned as well. Where do you, where do you differentiate? So I think customer experience is, to me, where... Um, you will see a lot of um, interesting things happening. But again, as we discussed earlier, how do you even provide a, a personal experience when you deal with so much content? So many subscribers on one side, so much content on the other side. We discussed that earlier. 100 million tracks on these uh, streaming services. Um, so this customer experience is the probably the only way that they can differentiate, but it's also an extremely complicated one because of the amount of data that you have to deal with. And beside the customer experience, what else do you have to play with? Yeah. You could also play with the way you offer the service and sell it. So the commercial uh, packaging and bundling of the services, right? And I think this is what we discussed earlier. Bundling might be a way for you to retain some of your customers that are thinking about leaving. Mm. I think there was a, a Deloitte uh, survey on video streaming that found that you know, Generation Zs and millennials were more likely to maybe stay if you could bundle a video service with your audio service. So bundling might also be the other way to differentiate and to retain these customers who are considering leaving your service because maybe they get the other one for, for a cheaper price. But talk us through some of the challenges that more bundles uh, provide as well. Yeah, well... Bundling on paper sounds great. Yes. Yeah. Uh, easy as well. You know, you just uh, call the, the company next door who seem to be a good match and, and you get together. But the thing is, at the end of the day, for a partnership to work, what do you need? You need to make sure that both partners or three partners, four partners, both get their fair share of the, uh, of the, of the revenue. And that is easier said than done, especially when you're dealing with flat fee subscription, Right. Um, how much do you distribute to partner A versus partner B? 
maybe Ponore is highly differentiated, but they're, they don't stream a lot of content. So, you know, reconciliating, making sure everybody's happy, making sure so the end experience of the customer is good across the different partners is actually a, a pretty difficult technical challenge as well internally on the back end. So we often talk about data complexity and and I really like you to kind of break it down in very simple terms so we understand what it means because uh, just to take three aspects that you've talked about and each and one of them on their own bring a significant amount of complexity and then combine obviously becomes quite overwhelming. One is based on the content that you have, you want to provide as many variations and specific versions of offerings individually really to any of your customer base. I mean, the um, second one, of course, is pricing. You want to be able to have the dynamics of pricing. And here you also mentioned bundles, which in itself has a factor on pricing, which leads us then to the third point, which means it creates a significant complexity when it comes to everybody who needs to share that revenue depending on all the different entities. So with those three in mind, can you talk us through from a digital route perspective, what are we doing with the audio streaming service providers to address, let's say these aspects and data complexity? Right, so so what we do at Digital Route is that we, um, we discussed about the, the size, the magnitude of the problem we have at hands, right? Yeah. There's thing about 100 million tracks in catalog, millions of subscribers, each streaming continuously, nonstop. So there's a huge, huge, huge amount of data and these data needs to be tracked for many reasons, right? It needs to be tracked for customer experience. What are you listening to? What are you, how many minutes you spend with this artist? That's one side of the equation. The other side of the equation is you've been streaming uh, artists from Universal. The provider needs to pay royalties back to Universal and to these artists. So there's a multi-dimension problem here with data, which is it's not because you just pay the $9.99 a month that it's the end of the day. We just give you an invoice and we're done. No. Even so, you might be paying $9.99 a month. The provider needs to keep track of what exactly your experience was. What exactly did you listen to for how long? Because you need to distribute all of that. And then you had the other complexity we discussed about, which is partners when you've got bundled services. So now you're also offering video service from a third-party provider. How many minutes did you spend on that? And how much of your nine nineteen hundred months are you going to give to that partner based on how much time you spend watching videos during that month? So the the... Usage data is a very, very important part and a very, very complex part of the whole spectrum of what these providers do. Everything from customer experience, one hand, billing and royalty payment, partner settlements. Right. And this is what we do at Dishonorat, basically. We listen to all these different systems. We keep track of everything. We aggregate, we clean, we organize, and we send uh, in a meaningful way uh, fashion to the various systems that need to consume this data. And what are we doing from digital route when it comes to helping companies provide a better customer experience? Yeah, so, you know, one thing that we do is that we provide companies with 
clean and complete usage data, right? That's what we discussed earlier. We enrich it's enriched this, for instance, with CRM system data about who the customer exactly is. And we can deliver this data in dashboards. We can send it directly to your analytics system of choice, or we can send it to your machine learning pipelines. So you can apply all your recommendation algorithms and the like. But this is only part of the picture because we listen to each and every bit of usage data in your system landscape. We basically have our ear on the pulse of the customer. And when you have such detailed new usage about customer behavior and usage, you can actually start experimenting as well. Use this to, to do something different. For instance, say the data that tells you the customer hasn't used your service in, in two months, or maybe the, the, the level of usage of the service is continually going down. This could be a very interesting indicator that you're about to churn as a customer. You know, maybe the service is no longer as, as exciting as it used to be. So you can use predictive analytics to do that, provided that you have this data and this is what, what we do, right? So once you know that, you can go to this customer and maybe offer a discount, offer two months free for a new pricing plan. That might be enough to stall you. You were thinking about, ah, oh, I want to do this anymore. Maybe I'm going to you go back home tonight and cancel this and you get suddenly two months free. That's going to stop you in the tracks and maybe you're going to come to, to love the service again. So customer churn could be one thing. Uh, on the other end, you could also detect something else. The customer is spending more and more time on your service. It's increasingly going up or maybe they spend more time on the audiobook section. These are interesting signs as well that you can use to suddenly upsell something else. Maybe premium audiobook service, for instance. So... By having the right data, having very granular data, you can actually um, also influence customer behavior of your services. So back to kind of backtracking, customer experience, how you can use data to basically improve that. The answer is extreme accuracy and granularity of usage data, I mean usage pattern, which essentially it means of my consumption and usage pattern, feeding that into the various systems, which allows any of these companies to not only see and track my usage and consumptions, but with that start to predict some of my behavior. So if they see that I fall back on some of my consumptions, they can take an action instead of waiting for me to cancel my subscription, or if they see an increased consumption somewhere else, it's an indication to me that, well, this is something that seems particularly interesting to me. Maybe we can provide an interesting bundle to kind of increase my willingness to stay as well as my consumption. So very concretely, okay, got it. Where in the system landscape does the usage data software from DigiRoute sit? So, so we discussed about these various data flows, right? So usage data is really um, captured by what you do as a company. What is your core activity? So here we're discussing about audio streaming. So typically usage data means from your streaming servers. Right. The server is actually sending the audio and serving it to the users. But if you were, let's say, offering mobility as a service, 
what it would be would be you know keeping track of uh, the mileage and number of minutes people spend on a car, for instance. But basically, usage comes from these service these systems that are very close to what you deliver as a company. And then this data needs to be fed into this very system. So we discussed about, first of all, the data might need to be enriched coming from a CRM system, for instance. Then it needs to be sent to billing systems, right? So, and of course, billing systems, you know, you can imagine the billing system as this, this huge system that eventually give you this one page PDF that says, pay that, you need to pay $9.99 a month now because right. you use this, 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 this. So you can see there's quite a quite a lot of things that need to happen between the fact that you listen to six different songs for two minutes, also read two of your books, and this nine nine nine. This there's quite a few things that need to happen. There's a lot of aggregation, a lot of cleaning, a lot of checking your entitlements, where you're actually entitled to do this, or is that going to be an extra cost? So that's the other part that happens here. So take the very granular data, make something out of it and give something very actionable, um, consolidated and clean to the billing systems. And in the end, deliver one invoice to the customer. And then on the other side, you've got the um, analytics, customer experience systems that also want to get all this data for the reasons we described earlier to detect customer churn, to, this, to detect upsell opportunities. And then maybe they need the data in the, quite a few different things, different ways. Maybe they want something more granular, less condensed, less summarized, less curated. Uh, that's one thing. And then upstream of that, you also have your partners. We discussed them. You've got your content providers. The studios are generating the, the songs and the, the movies that you're streaming. They want to know what you subscribers have been consuming because they want their royalties. And you can imagine there's a lot of... Uh, revenue recognition, there's a lot of auditing in this world and everything, so you also need to be very precise. But again, it's the same data, but in a different shape. It's no longer about aggregating per, per subscribers, you know, it's about uh, aggregating per studio and content provider, or maybe artist. So same data at the core, but message and, um, and presenting in many, many different ways. And all of that needs to happen at the same time, in real time. If I take an outsider view perspective for somebody that is not into the weeds and the details like you are, aren't these companies that have been so successful providing subscription services for a decade, all built on data, already doing this? Aren't they already meticulously uh, following, tracking, structuring my usage data? I would say a lot of them used to do it very well. Actually, we learn from a lot of them as well, but it's, it's the usual problem, which is, I would say most, most of these companies, when they started as a startup with one service, they build some very, very precise, very efficient systems that really embedded all of that at the core. And so collecting this data and giving it for billing, for instance, was something they were doing very, very well. Now, the problem is when you start suddenly adding all these other things we discussed about. So now you want to bring in a partner in the equation. Well, you know, you, the system that your engineers build, and typically it's the same engineers we built your streaming service to start with, right? On the side, at the end of the day, they also build this data collection 
pipeline. But at the time, they didn't know that a partner would be com coming in. So suddenly they have a, you've got a new requirement. That's one side. The other thing is suddenly you have a, another product or another service that is being offered. Different teams, maybe different technology stacks, different engineers. They build their own pipeline as well. Maybe you do an acquisition, comes with a different service, different pipeline. And it's the traditional, the usual problem I would say in IT landscape is that you end up with systems that were very efficient when they started, but come bringing all this together because remember at the end of the day, you need one customer invoice. You need one royalty payment going to the partners. Bring all this together is very complex. It's another huge engineering project. And at this point, it's, uh, you've got an option. Either you stop a lot of things you do Take your very highly skilled engineers who are working on these specific audio problems, for instance, and you tell them to, they need to build a better usage data management systems. Or you go and talk to people who do this for a living, like us. And so, yes, some companies did that very well, but complexity and heterogeneity makes it very, very, very complicated to do it on a, in a sustainable fashion. It is really a domain on its own. And we do face this on a daily basis because we have hundreds of customers. Many of them are some of the most successful software companies of the world. But I still have to ask you this. How do you convince a company that is fantastic in software development that no, you shouldn't put your software coders and software engineers on building your own system, what Digital Route is providing with this purpose-built software is much better. Well, that's an interesting question. The, the easiest answer to that is people who've done it and people know, who know how hard it is to do it are very easy to convince because they know they don't want to do this anymore. You know, they know that if they're going to do this with all these heterogeneity that they brought in over the past years, it's going to be a huge project. And they have the option, either they build it or they buy it. So typically when these people who've experienced the pain, who know the complexity come to us, it's a very easy discussion. Um, I would say the harder problem is maybe to convince people who are not experienced enough pain yet, or... Uh, maybe do not see the bigger picture because that's the other thing. Sometimes you only see your portion of the world. Um, so that's the, the conversation can be more interesting, but it, it is true. I mean, it, it's also part of our pride at Digital uh, Rad that we, you know, we deliver our services to companies who have literally the best software engineers in the world, right? So we're very proud of this, you know, top cloud providers, top telco providers, uh, streaming vendors, you know, they have no shortage of very, very smart people. Right. Yet they come to us because they understand that two things. First of all, it's hard, as we discussed, but also it is not where they should be spending their time. They should be spending their time on what their company does, not in usage data management. Got it. All right, thank you, David. But before I let you go, uh, going back to uh, what we all listen to when our preference and ending on that note... Uh, what is top of your agenda when it comes to listening and consumption? Um, so I'm not very big on audiobooks. I'm, I'm pretty uh, old school when it comes to books. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I do listen to a lot of music, mm -hmm. um, a lot of obscure taste, I've got to say. Uh, always something edgy. 
Uh, I love that. And um, I also do listen to a number of podcasts and I would say it's a bit all over the place. Uh, Global News. Um, BBC Global News is my daily uh, podcast. Also, I listen to, for instance, uh, NPR, Fresh Air with Mm -hmm. Terry Gross. I've been listening to her for close to 10 years, maybe. It's an amazing a radio show if you don't know about it and uh, also of course technology podcast whether it's for A16Z or the big technology podcast okay very cool that's some good tips and advice for all of us um, and um, which one of the competitors we've talked about today has the fortune of getting uh, your money who do you subscribe to <laughs> I've got to say I tend to have uh, a few too many subscriptions uh-huh, as well uh-huh, and okay I- Constantly thinking about which one am I going to drop now? And ah, it's a okay, really, really hard thing to do. That's a, that's a good cliffhanger. But, uh, so you're both a big spender, but also a a risk of a churn. But I've got to say, I have been with uh, our fellow Swedes for probably the year they started. I've had a premium subscription with them. All right. Demet, thank you very much for a very interesting conversation. Uh, and... Uh, I thank you. I appreciate having you here. And thank you for everybody listening in to this episode as well. Uh, speak to you guys next time. Thank you, Bernard.